Awaken my heart and my mind and my mouth. Amen. <clears throat> I've just submitted my final board report to the VTS Board of Trustees. These semi-annual reports are an opportunity for those representatives to the board to reflect on what we've accomplished and what our plans are for the near future. This particular report I wrote while having the current strategic plan in hand, cross-referencing objectives, aims, and outcomes to the work that we do is gratifying. Now, to be honest, I don't write the attention-grabbing narrative that has board members glued to their report, devouring the chronicle of the happenings in administration and finance. But I do reflect on those specific achievements that directly speak to the plan. Earlier this summer, there was an extraordinary statement found online. And if you can imagine this kind of statement in the church, as opposed to the various mission statements that fail to capture the imagination of those outside the church. This statement, this headline news, read, a new movement is taking place across the globe. The greatest age of innovation of bread is about to happen. The next generation of bakers and chefs are positioning bread back at the center of the table, infusing a 6,000-year-old tradition with a renewed spirit of creativity and innovation. The modernist cuisine began taking pre-orders of this epic achievement in bread advancement last month. Four years in the making, it's a six-volume set entitled Modernist Bread, the Art and Science. <laughs> this massive tome is over 2,300 pages, contains over 3,000 photographs of bread and cross-sections of ovens, and 1,500 recipes. The pre-order price is just $625, and it's due out next May, just in time to be the perfect graduation gift, <laughs> at least for Elise. And it promises that we will see bread through new eyes. Yes, this is the language we should be using in ministry. A new movement is taking place across the globe. The greatest innovation is about to happen. The next generation is positioning bread back at the center of the table, infusing a 2,000-year-old tradition with a renewed spirit of creativity and innovation. Recent headline news in the Episcopal Church on NPR last week and the Christian Post earlier last month 
was not as grandiose. The Episcopal Church lost 37,000 members last year, about 2% of its membership. Similar statistics are shared by other mainline denominational Christian churches. These statistics, they're derived from the parochial reports that are submitted annually by each church. And those reports look very much like an internal revenue service tax form. Using the register of church membership and rights, line one equals total increases, all members added to baptized members, section of the congregation's membership registered during 2015 by baptism, confirmation, reception, or transfer, and those persons restored from inactive status or not counted in last year's membership count. <laughs> Line two, total decreases. <laughs> All active baptized members lost by death, transferred to another congregation, moved to inactive status in the register of church membership rights. Line M15, that's code for membership 2015, minus, or excuse me, line M15 is add the increases from line one to last year's membership M14, then subtract the decreases in box two, and that's your active membership. I'd like to suggest that the Episcopal Church should not be graded on the number of people that get counted as active baptized members. Church, after all, is not a building or necessarily a community of like-minded people. Becoming a member of the church is about exercising faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and not by transferring one's letter of membership. Church is also about spreading the good news through teaching and action. We are in an age of reimagining how to get that word out. It's no longer good enough to put a sign out front inviting newcomers to a Lenten event, a Christmas service, or just that so-and-so is preaching at the 11 o'clock service. Bishop Andy Doyle remarks in his book, Small Batch, we have imprisoned the mission because of our love of doing church, worshiping in church buildings, and inwardly fed by ministry focused on those who are members. This past Saturday was the mini missional voices event here at the seminary. There's another larger conference in April here, so if you missed Saturdays, you still have a greater opportunity. Missional Voices aims to be a gathering for the sake of reimagining church and transforming neighborhoods. Missional Voices exists to help turn the church inside out. Its aim is to connect church leaders, students, entrepreneurs, artists, community organizers, nonprofit leaders, church planners, and any everyday innovators in the Episcopal Church, and to be a place 
where dynamic incubation of new ideas is the norm, not the exception. Where people doing uncommon ministry find support and encouragement. David Gortner calls upon bread imagery in his book, Transforming Evangelism. He writes, we can be the leaven in the dough, a lively and life-giving influence in all the communities around us. Being present, others may become more conscious of the invitation to new life. Being present is exactly what Jesus was up to in this reading from chapter 4 of, John, of the Gospel according to John. In the verses immediately preceding today's reading, Jesus is at Jacob's well when he strikes up a conversation with a Samaritan woman. The woman recognizes that he's a Jew and that this is an, not a common interaction. She even calls him out on it. How is it that you, a Jew, ask me, a woman of Samaria, for drink of water? Jesus begins talking about living water and salvation and is still in this conversation, being present with the woman when we enter the story today. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And in the end, Jesus re reveals that he is the Messiah. He's just evangelized. So what do you think of when you hear the word evangelism or mission? Perhaps it's work camp or volunteering at the food bank, feeding the homeless at the holidays. Mission is going into the community, being present, and learning the needs of those who are right outside those red doors. Those needs are going to be different depending on every community. At St. Mark's in Brunswick, Georgia, the rector identified a need that the local high school did not have space large enough to allow for the, all the students to eat in the cafeteria. And many of the students didn't have the resources to consistently have a good lunch. So he began serving pizza, maybe not a healthy lunch, but he began serving pizza out of the tailgate of his vehicle once a week. No money was ever asked for, though some students did contribute. It was not long before the endeavor had to move to the parish hall next door to accommodate the number of students coming to church for lunch. The rector's discretionary budget continues to serve in unique ways this community. Southside Abbey in Chattanooga, Tennessee is a missional community founded by Robert Leopold. It's a non-traditional worshiping community that comes together on Friday nights for meal, worship, presence, and volunteering. 
Those that come to Southside Abbey come from an array of diverse backgrounds, rich, poor, homeless, professional. They come together in an art gallery, an art gallery that showcases the work of the many homeless artists. Together they break bread in the midst of the gallery, share a meal, but most of all learn to be in community. They're learning to do and be church without a church building. And there's so many other stories like these, what Bishop Doyle would call small batches of missional work. In many ways, you're experiencing these all around you, those missional things that aren't quite church, but serve to bring people closer to God. How will your future ministry be shaped by serving the needs of the membership or by being present in the community and listening for the needs going unattended? My prayer, my prayer for you and for the church is that bread is positioned back at the center of the table and not that only refers to coming together in the church building to celebrate the Eucharist, but also remembering that Jesus is the bread of life. I pray that you will infuse this ancient tradition with a renewed spirit of creativity and innovation in your mission in the world. Amen.